Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey there, it's Cold Cabana. Thank you so much for checking out the past shows from the archives of the art of wrestling. There have been some ads that have been placed throughout the episode, but if you want to listen to every single episode ever done dating back to 2010, ad-free with zero ads. It's only $4 a month on my Patreon. That's patreon.com slash coldcabana. All right, enjoy the show. This is the Art of Wrestling with professional wrestler Colt Cabana. How you doing? Come on in. Sit down. Relax. You're about to listen to The Art of Wrestling, a professional wrestling podcast. It's a life podcast. It's a personal journal. It's an entryway into the minds and souls, the hearts and lives of the people involved in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host. My name is Colt Cabana. I am back to podcasting. I'm a podcaster. I'm also a member of SAG. You didn't know that since we've last talked to each other, I am a SAG member. I am in the Screen Actors Guild. That means I am also a DVD watcher, but I I used to be a person who didn't have a DVD player because I just had computers and I got rid of the DVD players a long time ago. Pretty shitty for a guy who's selling DVDs, but that's the facts. But I went out and I bought myself a DVD USB uh, attachment that goes to my computer, so now I can watch all the free DVDs that are supposed to be in movie theaters now, but I get to watch them at home because I am a member of SAG. Most importantly, though, I am a professional wrestler. And yes, I am sitting here live in my studio apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Before I go any further, this is a fan support and listener supported podcast supported by people just like you. I give it to you some Thursdays, coltcabana.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts from. A couple great ways that you could support, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Tell a friend. Let them know. I used to say Facebook, maybe Twitter, maybe Instagram, but you better believe now I'm saying make a TikTok about it. I am on TikTok at Colcabetta. It's not that good yet. I don't have many followers, but I watch a lot of TikToks and it has taken over my life. I am one of you, basically. I want you to know I'm part of the youth. I'm still in my 30s, not for much longer, but I am basically a 30s guy trying to be a 20s guy trying to understand what the teenagers want. I don't know but I do like TikTok. Other ways to support, Patreon. The Patreon is where you can listen to these shows ad-free. It's also where you see I have the video talk with Will Ospreay, and you can listen to the next five talks. They're already posted on Patreon. It's only five bucks a month. The archives are four bucks a month. Or if you're generous, you can give me more. Or if you're not generous, you can give me less. And the main way, ColtMerch.com, DigitalCult.com, T-shirts, buttons, pictures, posters, DVDs, digital downloads, premium podcasts, much, much more. Too much talking in the beginning, but I'm giddy. Can you tell? 
I'm giddy. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to bring back the podcast. Blue Chew has sponsored this run of podcasts. We won't get to their ad yet, but I got to give them a little love. And you should give them some love too. They're giving you love in your pants. All right, the guest this week, Will Ospreay. I forgot what I usually do. Do I talk about life before first or do I talk about the guest first? We'll talk about Will. Will's on the show. This was right before Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, I do stuff for New Japan now. I don't know if you know that. There's so much to talk about. Last time I was podcasting consistently, having these guests on, I was part of DDT. Before that, Noah. Before that, Zero One. Now, New Japan. This week specifically, I will be wrestling with my new tag team partner, Yano, in the New Japan USA shows. But it all leads to Will and I being in Japan together. Will lives in Japan now, which is a crazy thing. Also something a lot of these guys are starting to do. I never had the balls to do it. I went to England a little bit, but I'm not going to buy a residence in Japan. These wrestlers, they love New Japan so much. They're living in Japan full-time. I was going to say they're living in New Japan full-time, not to be confused with old Japan. They are living there full-time, and they are what a wrestler is. I've always loved the idea of Japan. I've always said Japan is where you go when America won't show you any love, and you know you're good, but for some reason, America just won't give you the love. I've had it before. Many others have had it before. I guess I won't say that America's not giving Will Ospreay the love, but I bet if WWE was like, here's $8 million, he'd be like, well, Japan, I got to go. But I'm just speaking for him. I don't know. Maybe that's not the case. $8 million is a lot. I mean, I understand if they're like $1 million, he's like, no, I love New Japan, but $8 million, I feel you got to do it, right? So proving my point, uh, no love in America, but so much love in Japan. Uh, it's where the wrestlers, wrestlers head over to, and that is what's happening right now. Will is in a complete up climb of his career. He's always been in an up climb of his career, which is the the idea is what you do. You climb up, you consistently get better, you learn, you grow, and we'll talk all about that as we sit in the Tokyo Dome Hotel and chat at it. That chat will come up in a little bit. For me personally, what am I doing? I'm wrestling. I kissed a man's penis. That seemed to be frowned upon by many in the wrestling community. I'm going to say zero when it comes to my fans. Here's what I'll say about this. Also, I don't have a script. I wasn't going off it. I was just thinking of stuff that I've done. Because I did wrestle at Wrestlepalooza for First Wrestling. I am the Jewish champion. First Wrestling has been doing shows at a synagogue, thanks to Rabbi Fine. I did wrestle for Lucha Libre and Laughs. And on and on. I'm keeping a consistent schedule like I always have. But at Bar Wrestling, it was midnight. And I wanted to kiss somebody. And my tag team partner that night was Joey Ryan, but let's be honest, the star of that show is his wiener, and I thought it would be cute to kiss the star of the show at midnight. A lot of people straight up homophobic, and they're trying to hide around it that they're not, but just straight up homophobic, because if that's something that weirds you out or gets you mad, I'm going to say, why is it? And you're, and you're going to defend yourself. Here's what people are defending themselves against, besides saying I have homophobia, is I don't want that in my wrestling. And yes, I'm using that voice. I'll do it again. I don't want that in my wrestling. I just like kicking and punching, and that's the wrestling that I like. I don't want that. Now he's turned weird Australian. I don't know. I'm assuming it's a guy also. I didn't get a lot of flack from the ladies or other genders. But 
Fine, you don't want that in your wrestling. I have always said that I'm a very versatile wrestler. I'll wrestle a children's style in front of children. I'll wrestle a Japanese strong style, especially, let's say, in Noah. I'll wrestle lucha style when I do lucha vavoom. And bar wrestling is made for that crowd. An adult crowd, it's bar wrestling, 18 and up. You might not want that at your wrestling, but I know my audience, and that night in that VFW hall on New Year's Eve, that is exactly the wrestling that that crowd wants. I'm sorry somebody filmed it and put it on the internet, but I'm wrestling for my audience on that night, and that's what they want, and that's what they got. Great way to ring in 2020, and you can't get me upset. All right, we got a new batch of podcasts coming up. This is the very first one. Back to the old formula. I'm not, for legal purposes, I'm not doing Song of the Week anymore. I don't even know if that is. Listen, you know what I've been through. I'm just not chancing anything, which is weird when I'm going to put up what Blue Chew will be sponsoring. But Blue Chew will be sponsoring a a mini talk before the actual talk. All right, the mini talk this week is from a very famous YouTube personality who loves doing shoot interviews on YouTube. He's Canadian, he's a wrestler, and he's talked to all of the greats. And now, on The Art of Wrestling, before Will Ospreay, he's going to talk to me. Normally, I am the interviewer. Now, Hannibal, you talked some crap about me because you don't like the way that I I, uh, interacted with Joey Ryan. Yeah, I don't like pee-pee kissing. So, well, there's my impression of you. Well, thank you. Thank but, the, but it's a PP, not a microphone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is a little awkward exchange between both of us. I'm, I'm. You had Kevin Sullivan, like you yeah. goaded him into talking shit about me. So, but you're friends with the other Kevin. I'm friends with a lot of Kevins. Well, one Kevin in particular. You sound kind of like. Mm. Look at your. Mm. Is, is it Nothing. Kevin Owens? Ding dong, ding ding ding. Not ding dong, ding ding. Like if you get like a game show, you get it right. What's wrong with ding, Kevin ding. Steen? T-shirt. Excuse me. Where's a t-shirt? I was talking to old guys. We don't we don't like that t-shirt what? talk. So you, we have you, t-shirt talk at, at we get dinner early. You guys, what do you guys think of a, a wrestler wearing a t-shirt? And they'll go, oh, no, no, no way. So I have good. I wouldn't even think of asking what they thought if a wrestler kissed another wrestler's peepee. Well, you did. You asked Kevin Sullivan about it. Well, Kevin, he's into the he's you know he's the devil and stuff like that. He can handle it, but I wouldn't want to ask some of the old sweet old guys. And then you encouraged a fight between Lanny Poffo and Honky Tonk Man, which I f- kind of found a little disturbing. I'll be honest. Hey, got to make a buck. Got to make a buck sometimes, you know. Jesus, is that well? That's what I feel when I kiss a man on his wiener. Mm. You, so you can't relate to me. Mm. What's wrong? I don't relate. Hannibal. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess have you said everything. You want to start the shoot interview or what? How did you get into wrestling? You're interviewing me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now nah, I'll use this feed too. I can borrow it. Please don't. Can you go behind that background? It's nicer for the YouTube. Please don't. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get into wrestling? Stop. I'm not. This is something. Not something I'm really interested Where in. Where was your first match? Okay. We've all seen you on YouTube ask these questions. What was that territory like back then? A lot of people say it was very hard hitting. Do you believe? Do you, is that true? So now this is true that you don't even listen to the answers. Who was booking back then? You just say whatever you want to say. I've heard people say they could make upwards of $2,000 a week in that territory. And that's is why that I feel my podcasts are a little more important is because- Was I, he ever stiff with you in the ring? Having a real conversation, not just asking these questions that 
better. Now just, that drew money. A lot of these new guys can't draw any money. They you know, are they're all and they're all little written you know, down in the same little basic tiny question. guys. I guess I do kind of talk about. I had a contract with WWE, people but growing it didn't work up, out. And I, t- I do yeah. want to know the background of people's families and how they got into wrestling. Do, why, why do you think Eric Bischoff was afraid to hire you? Those are the similarities. Do you think of yeah. my questions? But I'm always making sure I'm interacting. And I, I heard a rumor you were going to be WWF champion, I, I but, there to but be Hogan a, nixed it. Is a that back true? Back and forth. Conversation. What was the original idea for you and your brother when you were going to the uh, WWF at just the time? Doesn't seem to be a back and forth conversation, which is what I like. My did style. you prefer New York or Atlanta? And maybe that's why or, I haven't put the show on YouTube. And Philly, I mean Philadelphia, I would have loved to. Although have been it is there. now on Patreon. Paul Heyman once told me, Hannibal, you would have been a natural here so in Philadelphia. I guess if you do want to see the video, and, I'm, um, I am going into your territory. I mean, you, what? Canada? On, no, YouTube. Oh. I'm going to take down those wrestle talk, those British guys. I read the Meltzer stuff, not them. All right, for legal purposes, that was not Hannibal. That was one of the great characters on Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. It's a podcast. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Dare I call it my sister or brother podcast? That was the great Marty DeRosa doing one of the many characters he does every single week with his comedy partner, Sarah Shockey. Find it wherever you find podcasts. All right, let's get into the real talk with Will Ospreay. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Oh, this is going to be also. This is going to be listened to in 2020. Oh, so this is going to be New Year. Happy, happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as and well. Happy birthday, also. Happy birthday. Uh, I don't know. I'm assuming your birthday is from now until then. Okay. Oh, it probably is my. When is your birthday? May seventh. If you were to guess, my birthday. Are you May seventh as well? May sixth. Oh, same as my dad. My dad's born on the sixth. Were you his birthday present? Uh, I'm going to guess it was like a shock. It was probably just like he was out celebrating with a couple of beers of his mates. And then all of a sudden my mom called him just going, I'm giving birth. You don't think that your dad was with your mom on the day, nah, the day nah. before that you were born? Nah, absolutely no. not. Nah, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't think so anyway. Is that, is that real or I'm not? Gonna, no, I'm going to have to ask him. I'm just going to have to be like, what was you doing? Uh, you think he was out on, is he a typical no, no, my British dad's, man? No, nah, my dad's just cool. My dad's just, I don't know. He's just a. Don, ain't he? 
I don't know what that means. Just, a don? Yeah, a don. Uh, if, okay, first of all, if anyone was to say that, they, I would think he was an Italian member of a mafia. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, no. What is the British lingo of Don? I don't know. That's a cool dude. Just a gangster. Just, a my chav? Dad's cool. No, my dad's not. I'm a chav, if anything. Are you? Like, yeah, I, oh, I don't know. I really don't know. I was, Why I was don't you explain three. for everyone what a chav is? Oh, it's just like, I don't know. It must be like the epitome to like white trash for you guys. Just, I, I don't know. Just, mm. Chav is just like someone who's like, usual outfits are like track suits and just like baggy pants and like uh, just talk well, now that mjf see i think of chaz i think of burberry and mjf wears those really Bur- i would have said he scarf. was a very smartly dressed man really yeah i would have said he's very smartly dressed i just think of greg burridge who used to wear yes exactly greg's a chav <laughs> right kind of yeah greg's a chav and he would wear all burberry stuff would he i've never seen him in burberry ever that was the gimmick i thought for no, wrestling he was always in adidas and nike okay. right? and they're like typical chav wear i i think anyway are you from essex yes are you really? Yes. Oh, I just guessed that. Yeah. I did. Well, it's the accent, isn't it? The, no. I mean, well, when I think of Chavs, I think of Essex. Yeah, I think exactly. that's because he sung but it like, in a song. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm so Parker. Yeah. You are a ch- No, Slag. slag you are a Slag. It. Yeah, Slag. Is, we're just doing it. all the British lingo. Yeah. You guys sung that. I actually remembered singing that word for word, like, because me and my mates would watch 1PW. Now, did you think that that was our song together? I thought Greg... Probably suggested this would be funny, and you just went along with it. Yeah, I mean that was Greg's song for like two years before we started teaming together. <laughs> but I thought it's the Team Shag song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the great part about it because it was such a great song. Yeah, it's great. And I don't know if you do. You know people who do you know who have sang their own songs? What would be the number one? Shaw Samuels. I know that one because he did like um. There was oh Park Life, but instead it was Shaw's Life or something. Is that right? Like that. And he sang yeah. his own song. Yeah, he sung his own song. See, I think of a, and a shout out to our friend Rocky Romero. I think uh, that Rap- yes, that Rapungi jam is pretty. Dude, I actually said this to him. I was like, it's kind of cool because obviously, like, I I do love hip hop and like I love singing and stuff like that. And uh, able to download uh, his song on the Apple Music. And like normally you're just like, oh, it's my mate singing. I'll give him like a, a like or a retweet. But I generally like his album. I really like it. <laughs> well, you know who is featured. Uh, on yes, that you one. are. Yes, thank the you. wise guru of t-shirt selling. <laughs> I see. I think it's cooler when like my friend Kip Russell, Kid Russell, who's a singer. He's saying that's what my song is. Boom, boom, cool. cool yeah, right. He's my buddy from high school or uh, from life, you know. But you know, high school and so on. And whenever I get to do bigger shows, I think it's like, how cool is it that this guy's music? Is playing at Madison Square Garden. Oh whatever. yeah. So I think of that when I when 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 I went and watched. Uh, I think two years ago I was with DDT and I we were wrestling in Japan and then I watched. Um, it was one where you did the maybe it was last year where you did the moonsault off of the the the, oh, the Tokyo Trust- Dome show. Oh yeah, Tokyo Dome. Yeah, was that last year? Yes, that was. Yeah, I mean, last, yeah. Okay, this year was me and Ibushi. Last year was the four way. Yeah, it was. Okay, and I'm just like Rocky's coming out with. To like that music's being played in front, in front of like of 40, 50, 000, yeah, people, whatever it is. Just, yeah, I thought that was cool as well. Like, I felt the same where Madison Square Garden because like this guy just wrote a song about me. It was just like at one point the song goes, Osprey, oh, Osprey. Oh, I was just like, cool. It literally feels like I'm my own rock star, like Kevin from uh, uh, It Lives It Breathes, but now he's a part of a uh, Damnation, which is great album, uh, great, uh, not great album, great artist, sorry. That's and the guy just, who made your song? Uh, yeah, the, the guys that made my song, Kevin, it's just amazing voice. And we had problems with it a little while ago because uh, th- there's something between them and the label. I, I never understood because in my mind, the guy that sung it and the guy that produced it 
has given us permission for it, but there was something with the label, but they've managed to sort it out, so we got it back. I just didn't want anyone else singing my theme song. Just He's got such a unique voice. I think he's just one of the best singers I've ever seen. I also, I would love the idea of a band named Kevin. I know it's probably... Oh, no, no. It's, it's Damnation. <laughs> I I would like... I, if I was to start That's a band, cool. I think I'd call my band Kevin. Of course, Steve. Frank. Yeah. Kevin and Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin and Steve. Um, oh, you're a hip-hop head, but you didn't want a hip-hop music. No, I just like all music. Uh, like, like, I mean, I like my boy bands. I like uh, my rap music. I love hip-hop. Love ABBA. Oh, God, I love ABBA. I went karaokeing the other night. You were Karaoke? Nowhere, you were nowhere to be found. I'm not on this tour. Well, <laughs> got some time off for once. For this year, I finally got some time off. Right. Well, we've you've been missed. Uh, okay, so you said that you, uh, your parents, you're uh, you're from Essex. Yep. What kind of what kind of your dad's cool? My dad's so cool. Your mom's cool. Mom's lovely. My mom <laughs> is the best. What's what was growing up in Essex like? Uh, just cool. Just uh, usual. I've had like an amazing childhood. Just, okay. Mom and dad looked after me, uh, but we were always known as like the neighbors from hell. Just because- uh, Who's we? My, my family. Okay. Just you? No, my family. Uh, like, my dad was cool because he's just like, my dad's just- my Is it dad. just you three growing up or do you have Yeah, yeah. Me, well, uh, us three, but uh, so, stories, my mum owns a, a drama group, like uh, amateur productions, like P- Pantomime, she does it at the Queen's Theatre, and done the West End twice and both times sold out. Yeah. My mum is awesome. My mum's so cool. Shh. Writes shows, produces them, directs them. Sings? She used to, like, uh, I was on stage uh, in her belly, like, singing. So you grew up going to these shows? Yes, and there's probably a lot of about that you could probably go, that's why you like the way you are, like. Okay, yeah. But, um, yeah, my mum uh, would just produce all these shows and just- Were you a theater kid? It. Yeah, of course, yeah, I was a theater kid. Used to, I used to be able to sing, like, I mean, I can't sing, but I can hold a note, but uh, I- I was more of a dancer. Like my mum would uh, bring in dancers to our um, to our drama group to like teach us how to do stuff. And then one day, like I just picked it up really easy. I was a very good ballroom dancer. You know how you see pictures of like all these like young wrestlers, like like and then their kids like hang out with Andre the Giant or Hulk Hogan. Yes, and like like as a fan, I'm just like, oh man, I'd, I'd killed. Why didn't I get to be able to hang out with? Paul Orndorff or whatever. Yeah. Was that you with like the stars of the London theater? No, no, absolutely not. Like I, I couldn't give a toss who they were. So I just generally just. But I'm saying, were they stars? No, of course they weren't stars. They weren't. Like, it was literally just like the kids that like no one was paid to be in the group. My mum, it was like a amateur drama group, and people of the community of like where I'm from, Raynham. Uh, would come do these shows and they'd be like pantomimes like Cinderella like Jack and the Beanstalk oh, it wasn't larger than like you said they no, did the West End but they did yeah they so they did the West End twice my mum which in my head is that's like Broadway and yes I, it is yeah, yeah. Okay. but like uh, my mum because we would do shows at the Queen's Theatre which is a local uh, theatre which is like a 500 seater oh that's it it, out, it like, sounded so big no no but in my head fair, it was 50,000 people no oh no it's not 50,000 <laughs> but like my mum would do like one night at the Queen's Theatre, one year sellout. Next time she'd do two shows, sellout. So she'd be doing like four nights in a row at the Queen's Theatre, sellout, different crowds, different people all the time. So when one day my mum was just like, oh, I'm just going to do uh, the West End. I'm just going to give it a go. She uh, hired out the London Palladium, which is like a uh, 2,000 seater and like sold it out, doing her own show, like her own show that she produced. And then she did another one at the Savoy Theatre 
in 2013, maybe, maybe 2012. Oh, so you were around for this stuff. Yeah, I was around. Yeah, I was yeah around. did you like, help? Did you do anything? I was just more or less a dancer. My mom would direct me, do whatever I need. <laughs> I would dance. I would sing if I need to. But I'm not really that much of a singer. Like, I can hold a note. But if you ask me to, like, go any higher than what I can do, then, like, it just sounds awful. All right, what did your dad do? Uh, My dad was an electrician. Okay. Yeah, my dad was just, but, like, he was a very good handyman, so. Did you pick up that stuff? Yeah, well, like to be fair, I tell this story a while ago, but um, I would go to work with my dad because, like, I didn't graduate in anything, and like, I didn't get any of the grades I wanted. Maybe like one B and a C, and everything else I failed. So I had to go to work with my dad. Hold on, you didn't graduate high school? No. Oh no, I I mean I did, but like I didn't get the grades I wanted to go to college. Okay. Like I was never given the grades or anything along those lines because it's you were so quick to say no i did not graduate high school though. yeah but like i'm a no dumbass <laughs> like, so, uh, uh, so you're yeah. saying after high school you went to work with your dad yeah like i mean at first it was with my uncle uh doing masticking which is like the rubber seals around your bathrooms and windows i would do that and then i'd work with my dad doing the electrician stuff afterwards because that, that's got a little bit boring and repetitive for me so doing that with my dad and i needed my weekends to obviously do the independence but like, you know, I've never gone to an electrician course or anything like that. My dad would have shown me how to do it and then I would do it. But I have blown up so many people's kitchens. It's unreal. <laughs> like, and instead of like being like, put my hands up. Oh, sorry. That was my fault. I just run off. I'll just be like, no, see you later. Just a, leave people without a kitchen. <laughs> dad lost a lot of jobs because of it. <laughs> no, my dad come in and fix it. But I was just like, but I don't know what I did. I just yeah. put up a kitchen. Ugh, I did uh, construction for my friend in high school. How was that? And uh, I... For some reason, construction meant sweeping up houses and mowing lawns. So I mowed. It's I'm not construction. Not construction, no. but it was sold to me as construction. It's not. But I, I like mowed the guy's lawn, and then I broke his uh, lawnmower, and then I ran away and never came back. To yeah, work. that's yeah. what you just do. That's the that is the man thing to do. So it's it just you. break something, walk away, and then come back the next day and go, "Who's done that?" Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> mate, uh, I put my whole through my foot through so many ceilings oh. and just. Just walk home. Go uh, home. We, we, you would know how to fix it or you don't? No, of course not. That's why you go home. you've been learned. You've no, been trained. I don't, it goes in one ear and out the did, other. Did your dad make your backyard wrestling rings? Uh, Yeah. So my mom and dad knew a welder. They'd help make the- They knew a welder. Yeah. So then like- they Of course had, like, they do for stage idea. stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. But like my dad, I guess, would like have a rough idea how it was and they'd think, oh, it must be a spring underneath. So they put like a car spring underneath the ring. What's that? Well, it like, you know, like a car oh. hydraulic spring. Like, or would you call it a car? A cast? Car, car. Okay. Car. But I'm sorry, I'm so English. But uh, <laughs> I'm so Essex. That's not even English. Uh, but then that broke. So you had to get like, it was like a monster truck spring, like underneath the ring. So it was so bouncy. We would hit this ring and fly off. I've owned three wrestling rings in my life. All homemade. Or one bought. homemade and then two bought. What'd you do with the homemade one after you've you finished? Homemade it? one, uh, because. So it wasn't like your average wrestling ring. So your average wrestling ring is like bars, right? This was like four posts and then two giant welded together pieces that you needed for four blokes right. to like lift it up and then screw it into place. Because uh, you're just guessing. You don't know the schematics. Yeah, we don't know. Right. We don't know. We're just a bunch of kids backyard wrestling. So, I mean, there's some money put into that. So once you're like, oh, wait, we want to buy a real ring. Uh, so we got like- You just scrapped the other no, one? No, we set up a youth group. So like we set up a youth group and we were just like uh, saying basically we wanted to keep kids off street so we'd teach them how to wrestle and stuff like that. And then- uh, At what age was this? 14. <laughs> like generally, like we, we were. It was just like we wanted to like do like a community wrestling 
yeah class so I was able to like get some new funding and just like oh, really yeah i'm not even joking lady like, gave us two grand we put up a wrestling ring and we would teach kids to come and wrestle we didn't know how to wrestle of course but like i mean like i knew like because we went to like a school called drop kicks and they taught us like the basics i like, had a bump had a chain wrestle but then like they would never teach us anything above that because like we're kids yeah so we was like heavily into backyard wrestling and when this guy was like yeah if you want to teach kids to keep them off the street and teach them how to wrestle and stuff like that yeah we'll help you out we'll give you two grand bosh and then we got a new ring dude it was, we had such a cool unreal cool right, well, community. where was the first fascination with wrestling was it right away yeah as soon as my dad showed me with it, it was, i remember did your dad like, like wrestling yeah my dad loved it i love mr perfect like i think did was, your dad's dad like wrestling no no my dad, <laughs> uh, do you, uh my dad's adopted so like he doesn't know his real dad is he what? actually found out his surname like a few years ago and he's never he looked at it ripped it up put it in the bin <laughs> well i think mean, growing up in his house um like he was a it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Stop, dude. So, like, I, I don't really... I Did can he, remember, like, bits, but, like, not really much of, like... But my, he just started watching members. wrestling then? And then uh, passed it I, on to you? I, do you know what? I don't know how it came about if i had to ask you probably watch like the wos world of sport era maybe like every now and again because that's my granddad would actually be like yeah i remember big daddy but that was about right. it that's what all british yeah that's say. what they all say right <laughs> but yeah my dad had just a vh tape of uh, like the legion of doom were on the cover and that was all i remember of it and then it was like mr perfect versus texas tornado so okay. i was like i was like one of the first like no uh so we were channel hopping first and we saw triple h in a cast beat the rock up in a cage like i can't remember what the story was but my dad was like oh yeah i've actually like i go down to the boot sale all the time like it's loads of guys with their cars and they would just sell stuff he's like yeah this guy sells wrestling videos all the time I was like can you get me some like i'd love this because it was on like a, on like fridays or mondays yeah. see like in my head like- your your first wrestling match like you ever saw was like chris saban and versus alex shelley or something after the fascination <laughs> yeah but like so you so do have that, early days of that generation. Oh, well, yeah. But yeah. like, so the first thing I ever saw was that Triple H and Rock. Then my dad would take me to the past and be like, 
Mr. Perfect versus Texas Tornado. Mm. Then after getting into WWE, like finding out about the the invasion angle, like, oh, there's a WCW. So I'd watch the WCW Cruiserweights. That's where my fascination lied with like Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio doing it. But then when they did the invasion angle and after that, I just fell out of love with wrestling because there was just nothing else. There was no competition. There was nothing. And then my mate introduced me to TNA, which was the wrestling channel, which is actually where I first saw you yeah. with Ring of Honor. Because you was there was always those cool introduction videos. I had a thirty second commercial on. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Like, and the music went. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh my god, that is it? Did I did I bring it back there? Yeah, you actually did. The first one I saw was the Austin Aries one because uh, I think it was, his song was like "Reach Out and Touch." Uh-huh. It was like doing all these cool four fifties, and then your music came. No, it was like you then uh, Jack Evans, mm-hmm. and then then it was your one. Yeah. That's where I first saw you because the one PW shows would come on the wrestling channel as well. But when AJ Styles did the Springboard Shooting Star Press, I was like, I want to be a wrestler, mum. Uh, on what? On a Ring of Honor show or no, the British T- show he did? Uh, or TNA? TNA. It was him, Daniels, and Joe. Gotcha. Because it was on the wrestling channel. Now, uh, were, you, were you a flippy kid? I, or you, you attributed like, to dance? I was a dancer, but like my mum had obviously like a trampoline in my back garden. Uh, and watching the WCW Cruiserweight, so I was able to just do the flips. And near my trampoline was like a swimming pool, and on the swimming pool there's a like a ledge that went round it, like like decking. Uh, so I just always bite my trampoline up to the ledge and just do shooting star presses okay. off a ledge. So I was like, like, always able to do it. Like, why didn't you look at The Rock or Triple H and be like, I want to be a wrestler? I thought they were cool, but I just I was always a fan of like the the ability to be like a Power Ranger, something I guess, like Spider Man, because Spider Man was a huge influence <laughs> as a kid. So you thought you could be more Spider-Man. I generally think I than... am Spider-Man when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. Like, I was climbing up walls. Like there's a story actually in my school that my mum hates. It's just like me climbing up on like a goal post, like a, a soccer ball post, like climbing up on it and moonsaulting off, landing on my feet. Uh, I got on top of my school's assembly whole roof. Like once just like climbed up on everything and was like climbing on the side of buildings. I was up like a, five-story building just on top of the roof now do you do this inspired by wrestling or inspired by just being a dumbass i think just trying to impress my mates okay because me and my friends would kind of do the same thing off the football posts onto like crash pads but in my head i was always like i'm new jack or i'm like super (laughs) crazy moonsaulting off of it or whatever uh i mean probably when i was young i was probably thinking to myself oh i'm like i don't know who's the cruiserweights paul london paul london was like i'm paul london doing moonsaults but uh i think it was after that era like because i would watch it but not religiously i think it was when i was like 15 and someone showed me dragon gate and i was just in awe of it i was but so okay so let's go back to you get funding for this and you make this yes you make this ring yeah well no we bought a ring so like we bought a ring uh and we actually did shows as well so we would put shows on but is that after you saw dragon gate and aj styles uh after i saw aj styles but like, so we watched AJ. I'm trying to remember. When we were backyard wrestling, there were things called like feds. So there was like, we had the ter- the territory in Raynham, which is my one. And this we had is the all- territory in Luton, which was different wrestlers. And, like, is this was- all based off the internet? Or are you finding each other off the internet? Yeah, we had like a forum. Okay. We generally like- Which was off of what? UKBYW. Just- oh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, were you Wait, there? UKFF. No, no. So like that, but UKBYW okay. forum. Okay. And there were other backyarders, obviously, all around England, and we would make music videos and put them on the forum and people would like critique us, yeah. but like people with no wrestling experience whatsoever. 
someone would like always be like sloppy lock up sloppy <laughs> wrist lock good drop kick like now how many of those people are in wrestling or or did had uh was there a handful? mark andrews was on the uk byw flash morgan webster was on it uh wild boar was on it like a lot of uh puck was on it i think yeah puck martin stone uh <laughs> he was on it uh god damn uh paul robinson because uh, I always think that like these people, you have to come from somewhere. Yeah, you do. We, we were just kids that just generally liked wrestling, but we just didn't take it seriously enough. In mm. fact, um, there's a story I think that went around like when Pac left Dragon Gate and was going to go to WWE, he went up to Quilden and was, uh, Quilden was like, Andy hey, Quilden who yeah, runs Rev Pro. Yes. Yeah. And it was like, where am I going to get guys who can do your flips? And he introduced them to my back, like to his backyard friends who could do it all. And they was like, and he said, uh, if you come train with me, I'm going to train you, put you on my shows. And they went, nah. And they could do like the most ridiculous stuff, like running 630s and stuff like that. Like generally, backyarding was the coolest thing. So there's the a whole crew out there who can backyards. do all the stuff who don't want to be on shows. or Don't want to make money from it. Just, <laughs> just wanted to do it for fun because like, they, they didn't think it was real. Like in a weird way. I don't know. How do we goat them into the into the world? Well, they got to train with them, Shima. Shima's got to go get them. And- uh, maybe. <laughs> but like, I mean, I convinced one of them to come back. I had Chris Saban go up to one of my mates because the Backyarders came to one of my shows. And I was actually facing Pete Dunn. Chris Saban was on it. And I was just talking to Chris and I was saying, Ash, man, give it a go. Like, it's actually done. So you should just come back into it. You've got natural athleticism. You'll do fine here. He was like, uh, if you can convince someone of like a bigger name to do it, then yeah, I'll do it. And I went, Saban, tell my mate Ash to get back into wrestling. And Saban looked in dead eyes and went, come back to wrestling. And he went, all right, that's enough. <laughs> so, and he's in? Yeah, he got back into the indie scene. I don't know what he's doing now. Actually, no, he's having a kid now. Well, so I don't know if he's still wrestling, but I've, I think he might be. Were there 50-year-old backyarders? 50-year-old backyarders. Yeah. There was... Who's no, the oldest backyarder? Oh, who's the oldest backyarder? Maybe just someone of like 30 or something like that. I don't know. I didn't really know people's age. Like, I was a 16, uh, 14, 16 year old kid hanging around with these like guys. And it, I, it kind of makes me laugh now I think about it because, like, uh, obviously my friend introduced me to backyard wrestling and, like, there was a forum and stuff like that. And I said to my mum once, I was like, just got ringing the backyard. I was like, mum, can I have some friends around to play wrestling? And she was like, yeah, yeah, sure, go on. And, like, these like 25 year old men were coming around <laughs> like a 14 year old's kid's yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. And my mum was like, who are you and why are you hanging around my son? I was like, oh, we're just doing some wrestling. They had video cameras and stuff like that. So my mom was like freaked yeah. out. But uh, out the reason why we called the neighbors from hell is because obviously we had the police called on us like so many times because they thought we was running an underground boxing club. <laughs> and the moment when my mom went, it's wrestling. They went, oh, never mind. Then. There you go. <laughs> so they thought it was less dangerous. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's, yeah. Um, so did you, so how did you get convinced to get into real wrestling? And by real wrestling, I mean fake wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one where we make money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> I, after like a little while backyard and I saw something, it just horrified me. And I kind of, I was like, why are we doing this? Like, this is so stupid. In the backyard. Yeah. So, uh, someone did a top rope superplex and in a proper ring, 18 foot ring it was actually really good from that like, monster rings in cages. Got it shipped over to the England. So uh, this guy was just rich. Cost, just, I was going to say cost a pretty penny. Yeah. yeah, probably a lot. And the guy did top rope suplex from the a little tippy tippy top to the floor onto mm. the field. Mm. Like, and the guy that took it was fine. The guy giving it folded up like a mm. motherfucker. And I just, 
I don't know. I was just put off by it because I was like, he could have died. Uh, so I said, oh, I'm not going to do it. But because I put so many music videos out, it caught Greg Burridge's attention. Now I know Greg from like when I used to do chain wrestling and drop kicks, like, mm-hmm. but Greg has always kind of kept an eye on me. And he was just like, hey, what are you doing now? I was like, ah, to be honest, I'm just kind of giving up on wrestling. I'm 17 now. I should really consider like just actually getting a job. And he was just like, no, you're not. I've started a school in Bethnal Green. Come down. You'll love it. What was your dream going to be had he not called you? I still wanted to be a wrestler, but I just thought it was just like, oh, I need to wait till I'm 18 and move to America or something like that. I don't know the logistics of moving to America. Uh, But what was the plan? Go where? I don't know. Like, I just thought I was just going to go where? I don't know. I don't know. AJ's house? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) if you'd have me. If you'd have me. I don't know. You hadn't researched at all? No, I just don't know. I'm not that type of kid that researches stuff. I just go with the flow okay so uh, you were, it was always wrestling then yeah it was always wrestling but like i i would still backyard with my friends like in my territory uh but yeah i'd backyard with my friends and then greg introduced me showed me like oh this is like what we do we did you train at lucha britannica yes lucha london school of lucha libre it's still going to this day now and they still do the lucha britannia shows mm-hmm um i said britannica yes it's britannia britannia britannica Britannia. is the encyclopedia um yes it is uh but uh yeah greg showed me like i was under a mask i was working with my friend paul robertson who was a backyarder as well so we worked off one another and they put me as his evil twin brother dark britannico and we would just wrestle each other all the time and people wanted to know who the guy was under the mask and british wrestling was growing and growing my first show was in front of a thousand people get fucked yeah First Where uh, paid gig, uh, Elephant and Castle Brit Rest Fest. It was 2012, uh, had Doug Williams on it, had, because that's the thing, like, I've, I did live shows, like, I made my own shows, like, when we had the youth group, and the maximum people we ever got in a venue was, like, 80 people, so I was like, this is wrestling, guys, mm-hmm. like, this is the level, and then, like, Greg was like, oh, yeah, come to the show. And when I walked into the venue, I was like, oh, God, this is a big venue for 80 people. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And then yeah. they did, like, the group meeting, and Alex Shane was there and all those guys. And he went, okay, guys, thanks for doing this. this is, once again, it's a charity event. All the tickets are going to, like, a charity and blah, 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 blah. So we're expected to get 1,000 people in today. I went, I beg your fucking pardon. Yeah. Like, and oh, my re- God. Who'd you wrestle? Me, Greg Burridge, Paul Robinson, and Santeria. We did, like, a Lucha Britannia showcase. Gotcha. And uh, I think because there was a lot of people there, like FPW was there and Progress was there and uh, just quite a few guys were there at the time. And they just see some like skinny 18 year old kid do a 630. So you broke out all the stuff. Yeah, everything. We (laughs) stole the show that night. I don't care. We stole the show. Everyone was just being, just doing the stuff. It was just like every now and again, like the biggest move is a Death Valley driver. Mm. Me and Paul Robinson were doing deja vus, getting Greg Burrish to give me like power bombs and shit like that. But then, they just saw a kid do a 6.30 and they was like, we need him now. So then this was like the current, everyone was like making promotions in British wrestling. And I think everyone was like, all right, who's the guy under the mask? And I didn't really have an identity. At the time, my backyard name was Ace Payne. I was like, I can't have that as a name. It's a great name. Though. No, it can't. It can't. <laughs> so then I went, all right, well, what's your real name? And I went, Billy. And it was like, we can't call you Billy. You're like, Why can't we call you Billy? It was like, what's your real name? I was like, William. And then they was like, uh, sounds posh, not really posh. Will. And then, okay, what's your surname? And I was like, Osprey. And I went, oh my God, that's a bird. So I was like, yeah. So Will Osprey was born, but 
I just remember Greg telling me you just need something more to connect with crowds and stuff like that. You need to think of like what's cool outside of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then for me, the coolest thing at the time was Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, oh, if I wear the Assassin's Creed jacket, maybe I'm cool. And that's what got you. See, uh, we we met at uh, FPW. Uh, was it FPW? Yes, that's the well. I want to say Rev Pro for in Bournemouth or whatever that's called. My. Uh, Swan. I don't. What Swan? is FPW? FPW. You did one show there because I remember. I think you hated me because I said to you like because everyone was doing the river like, watch it wherever your favorite film is. Will hasn't seen it, so now I would go across the room and just be like, "Hey man, what's your favorite film?" And they would go like, "Uh, uh, I, I don't even know what it's called anymore, but whatever." That's, and then I went to you and I went, "What's your favorite film?" And you would say it, and I went, haven't seen it. And you went, you prick, <laughs> like in front of the entire locker room. I was like, oh, no, I've upset Cole Cabana. But no, you are right, actually. The first time I met you was like uh, in RevPro because then you started the feud with Shah Samuels. I was going to say, it was, the, it was, and I just remember you hopping around the ring beforehand. Yeah. yeah. And I remember with being with Andy Golden, and, and I'm like, who is this guy? And he's just like, oh, he's a man of many flips. Like, he was like, <laughs> even that, and he was just like kind of explaining you to me being like he's very young he's gonna be really good we're you oh you said that yeah yeah, yeah. but he's into many of flips and you were doing just like everything stunt work but this was before the show you were just like doing stunt work like you were literally in the ring does that make sense i just don't remember us right i i do for some reason i remember you in the ring but i don't remember what fpw was uh i don't remember that promotion sorry uh it's okay you have yeah. nothing to feel bad about. Yeah, just I, I thought that was just funny, just because like, I was doing that whole thing. What's your favorite film? Haven't seen it, and then I pointed oh. to you, and I was like, I kind of went, oh god, no, like I don't want to come across as a dick. Wait, but, but the joke was, I think it's in Surrey, and I said that you said sorry. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, my and bad. Then I said it's okay. <laughs> it's the don't accent feel again. Bad. I'm sorry. But, Wait, yeah, I remember sorry. wrestling in Surrey. I just don't remember what FPW was. Future Pro Wrestling. I know. Why can't I remember that? Uh, there was three dudes that run it. One was a bull dude. One was a bigger lad and one looked like he worked in an office yep no, no i knew it no one of those dudes <laughs> like one of them but yeah just yeah you are right though repro was the first time I right met you, and you was in knee deep in the feud with Shaw samuels at that point and i actually watched that match and that was one of my favorite favorite matches because uh just watching you and Shaw because i was like well the american would win a british title like, <laughs> of course not and then when you won it i was like God, I'm such a fan. Ah. Like, <laughs> well, so so, how did you think you developed into, or, or tell me your stages of like, right? We all have these points in our career where we feel like stuff has moved. If that makes sense, like I like the British wrestling boom. No, I, in your own career, like like oh, I no. like you, you're you know like you've made uh, some kind of switch and you've gone to another level and then you've gone to another level and that's what your career will be is all these levels. Uh, so the first one you're just starting out you're on these shows yeah you're wrestling starting um, uh, I think my thing is more like learning experiences like so I would always wrestle British guys no matter what I never got in the ring with an American the first American I got in the ring with and I think this was at the time when he was at his hottest like he was winning belts left right and center uh, was Ricochet it was the first like foreigner I ever got in the ring with and where was that at? RevPro and so before that match were you wrestling all the shows or all the ref pro shows yeah i mean all the shows in england <laughs> oh yeah well, yeah i mean not all of them but like the london based ones yes okay i just didn't like traveling i just, i 
don't like traveling ever. Okay. But um, yeah, I was just doing like all the London ones, like Progress I was doing. I was doing FPW, Rev Pro, Lucha Britannia, uh, my own little promotion that I was like helping run and stuff like that. But yeah, he was the first guy. And in my mind, I said to myself like, okay, this is now like, this is where I'm going to learn. Because I got in the ring with guys like Haskins. And I would learn from that. Then I'd get in the ring with Project Ego, which was Martin Kirby and Chris Travis, God rest his soul. Uh, and I would learn from the top British guys. But like, I think for me to take it to the next level for like, I wanted to learn the PWG style and like, do you know what I mean? But like, that was cool at the time. Yeah. The PWG. It's so crazy that that's a st- that like, I know it is. Yeah. You but know just to I mean? hear someone say that. I mean, we are. So- I mean, we're wrestling in the same era. Yeah, but we're in different eras of wrestling, kind of. Yeah, right. So I, I mean, just like you know, I'm I've got whatever. What are you twenty six? Twenty six. Twenty six. Right. So I'm almost. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, 14 years. Like, I've gone through different independent eras. And by the time I kind of got deep into what I was in, you start you start hearing that those like street names, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. PWG stuff. Like the TNA kick, <laughs> right? Like, right, right. You know, I was a little, so I was nice. in I was in it when I heard that, but you know, I'm so fixated in what I'm doing. I guess now is I. I think it's like where the hotbeds of pro wrestling mm-hmm. were. Like so, in my opinion, at that time of my career, it was 2013 maybe, and I think PWG was the hottest mm-hmm. thing. And I was just like, okay, like this is the style that I want to learn. So like, and Trevor was love, Ricochet was lovely because he's just the nicest dude ever. And he was just, I said, look, today I know nothing, but I can do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> I was like, I want to learn. He said, what can you do? And I went, the coolest thing I can do is a 630. That is the coolest thing. He was like, oh, so can I. So like, it was like, I'll get your 630 in, but I'm finishing you with my 630. And it was just, it was so cool. And what did you do? Did you go go through a list of the moves and then and things? No, I, it was just like, well, this is what I do, and then he would go like, "What would you like to do here?" And I would, I would say something, but it was like, okay, do you know what will make it better? This, and I'd go, "Yep, yeah, I'm gonna do it." Like I did a satellite DDT, and like I don't think I've ever done a satellite DDT in my life at that point. But I was just like, "Yeah, I can do it because mm-hmm. you've told me to do it." Mm-hmm. Because uh, it then, wasn't part of the move set, the right. arsenal. And then you watched how he placed, what he placed, where yeah. he placed, and right? then I. 
yeah, because he wasn't obviously a regular in England and like there was no such thing as an on-demand service at this point. It was just DVDs. I would do all of Ricochet's moves. Mm-hmm. I would literally take that structure. I would do his moves. I would like do his combos. And, and all then that. he would tweet, a, tweet and to you. And he would tweet me saying, stop doing my moves. <laughs> and then I had Jimmy Havoc one day pull me to one side and go like, look, it's amazing that you can do this stuff. But now it's good to know that you're Ricochet, but now we need to find Will. Yeah. And, th- and that's when I went, okay. So instead I just took aspects of like every like match era or every era of wrestling that I ever loved and kind of put it. How does your brain make up moves? Or does it? I don't know. My, my brain does. I don't know. Like, so here's something funny. Yeah. Right? Just for a little funny side note. And everyone, like everyone I've told this so far has gone. Yeah, we know. I didn't know. So I did a test last week. I have ADHD. I never knew. Come on, that's a good. I, I never knew. <laughs> Would you do the test on online? Uh, no, so uh, not online. So I called a doctor first, and then he sent over this verified test thing, and then like I was on the phone to him doing the test as well, like clicking yes and no and whatever. Blah 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 blah. Turns out I have ADHD. Yeah, never knew. I had to pay thirty dollars for it as well. Thirty dollars to be told that everyone something <laughs> everyone already knew. Did he medicate you? He, he said, "If you want medication, we can get it." I was like, oh, "I kind of like who I am, though." Here you go. Like, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I should be in any more medication anyway. <laughs> just, if you're in but, seventh um, grade, it might be all right. Yeah, but like, yeah, my brain just, I don't know. Like uh, Now, my brain works a little bit, I mean, not the best, but like still better than what it was, just, just understanding how to place. But I think that is just, what, what, what do you mean by coming up moves or coming up with match structure? No, not necessarily match structure, but it's just, uh, you know, I, th- I think if I was to say PWG style, it's kind of a little bit about innovation, right? Yes. And it's a, it's about uh, – it's funny to, to bring up dance, but, you know, like these matches have kind of become a bit of a dance where you just – these yeah. sequences are what makes the people kind of go crazy. Yes. So I guess it's not so much the actual move, but the sequences that brings is, the move to life. Yeah. I think my thing is now is just, as long as the sequence, like, looks like I'm going for at least something, then, like – then that's where I think I think like I kind of like connect in a weird way. Just, I don't but know. do you do you? I mean, when you're going into a match, do you see it happening, or like if you have you know have a match coming up, are you visioning it? Yeah, like for are example, you just watching yeah. some shit and hoping yeah. something ex- inspires you. Uh, little bit of both, a little bit of both. Like so I get inspired on just like weird things now, but I don't know. I think back then, like I, I try and remember like moment when i was a kid but i think i generally was just along the lines of just i want to wrestle and i just want to get this movie and get this movie i didn't really care about selling or i didn't care about like movement i was like as long as i look at a camera after i do a move then like then that's cool right that's facials isn't it like just i don't know but like i think it was like wrestling ricochet then i got to wrestle like more for us i i had matt seidel's first match back in england I wrestled AJ Styles as the IWGP heavyweight champion. I wrestled Kenny Omega. I wrestled Imbola. Uh, I had like a real cool story with Jimmy in progress, which I think kind of was like the real learning of like a story. So like I had these like ups and downs and dips and dives. Do you remember the time where, because obviously you, you're wrestling Ricochet and you're like, oh my God, Ricochet, like teach me. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm sure Matt Seidel. Yeah, teach uh, me, yeah. Right, but is there a moment where you felt as an equal in the ring with these guys if no. that makes sense like <laughs> no, I, I, I d- no dude even to this day like i still don't think i belong here i feel like i'm gonna 
set up a ring in my garden soon, just do a backyard show. I, I still have to pinch myself. So you still don't you still don't see it as like two equal partners going at it. No, I still think I'm learning like all the time. Like even now, like if I ever say like, oh, you got Okada next week, like I still am just like Okada teach me. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Just, I, and and so well the first time you wrestled and you, you I mean like actually sorry, sorry to cut you off, yeah. my apologies. But like when I'm like in the ring like now if I'm doing like an independent with a guy who's like once in my position, correct. I want to try and get the best out of him. So of now course. I feel like it's my responsibility to try and teach that style to him. Just because I do feel like now I do, this is going to sound stupid, but I do think that match with Ricochet from the best of super juniors did inspire a lot of people in that style. But yeah. like, I think they kind of was like, are we going to do this in time to buy 10? But like, it was, Oh well, that doesn't look good. That doesn't look good. Please stop it. Please stop. But then, like, and I've got like a kid in England that I'm teaching. Like, when I'm over there anyway, he sends me his matches. Like, and I, I do sometimes. I'm like, oh, stop running. Just stop. Just yeah. sell and just like, you know, just little things like that. So like, but it takes experiences for those. Guys. Yeah, but like for me, it's like I would like to teach him that side of things because like, that's obviously when I faced Okada the first time. Like I saw an opportunity to learn from him and he was just like, okay, hit, sell, stay. And like, I would suggest all these moves and he'd go like, no, just one. So then I have to be like, ah, oh, this one. Like, do you know what I mean? Just, and he would tell me why it would make sense and et cetera, et cetera. So. And he saw something in you or you became friends or you had a good match or what? I, do you know what? I don't like, we had a good match, but like, I think it was half, half the reason was like, uh, Tago Tori was in the crowd watching. I had Gator ringside. I had uh, just all the boys, like Tanahashi was watching behind the curtain. And then, like, as soon as the match finished, apparently Tanahashi went straight to her Tori and was like, you need to get him. He's like a white coat or a bushi. Nice. So I thought that was very lovely of him. And then uh, that happened because uh, my dad that year had a heart attack. And I was contemplating just like stopping wrestling just because I was like, I need to be able to provide for my family because I can't be an electrician now because my dad's like, my dad was the sole reason I could go to work. So then I got like a job plus doing the indies, but it was like getting to the point where like my wrestling, even though I was wrestling a lot, I wasn't really earning money. It was merchandise. I wasn't really a thing on. And you're pretty famous for being shit with money also. Yes. Very famous <laughs> for being shit with my money. If I could. If I could instill anything in you, yes. I will. I'll try, but uh, but I know to be found better now. Okay, uh, but uh, yeah. So my dad had like a heart attack, uh, and I was like, okay, um, if I don't hear anything from this year, because my friends were being signed, so I was like, it wasn't impossible, but I just think it, they're not going to look at a skinny white kid like then they're, they're not going to look at me. I'm not tanned. I'm not buff. I don't have a six pack. In fact, they were like skinny boy abs. So I was just like, I don't know, just I think I'll knock it on the head and maybe I'll go to college or see if I can like redo my exams or something like that. But I think Okada put me over. They said they'll bring me over to Super Juniors. So I was like, cool. And then the month after, uh, WWE offered me the Cruiserweight Classic. So I was like, oh, cool. And they said, oh, you can do both if you want. You can do the Super Juniors and that. So I was like, oh, amazing. And then Impact offered me a deal. Uh, and then it was AJ. Nakamura and all that left and New Japan needed to sign guys and Okada literally just went just sign Will yeah <laughs> and then I think WWE heard about that and then they offered me a full-time deal 
So then that was the point where I was like, oh, who do I go to? Like, I, d- I don't know. But then all the guys that I saw were like the cool guys in NXT came from New Japan. So then I was kind of like, oh, I think it's the right decision to go to New Japan. And the real selling point for me was because at the time I'm 22, I'm still a little bit of a kid. Uh, and this real settling point was you go there, you do a show, you come home, you go there, you do a tour, you come home. So then I think that I'm still, I'm a home guy. And WWE was moved to Florida, yeah, moved to Florida, yeah. train with us every day, practice your entrance, yeah. practice your promo. Did you have someone that you, that's a big decision, especially at 22. Did you, uh, did you confine in anybody? My friend Paul, I can find him. My friend Sam, I can find And my missus as well. Like me and my missus just started seeing each other at that point as well. And did everyone, was everyone kind of like that, your choice is the right choice or were people? F- I think my mum was along the lines of like, I don't know what a new Japan is. <laughs> I know what WWE is. Go there. Right. But like, obviously being the nerd that I am, I was like, yeah, no, but guys go there and they don't get on TV or they don't make it. It's like, I'm a no one still. I'm just some British kid. I need to go and do something else. And then Hadori kind of sold it to me by saying like, oh yeah, we want you to do be like Devitt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man, you got to be like Devitt. You know? <laughs> He's good. He's English too. Oh no, it's Irish. Oh, just say, man. Just, just sign, say. bro. Just, but like, yeah, uh, I think the thing was, it's definitely because like my dad was starting to get better as well. So I was like, okay. And I didn't know New Japan wanted to sign me. I just knew they wanted me for two shows. So then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Japan. Uh, I think I made a decision. I told Regal, I told all those guys, uh, I don't think it's right for me yet. I don't want to move away from home. I'm going to go do New Japan. And they kind of went, okay, cool. And just yeah. hung up the phone. <laughs> uh, they weren't very, I don't think they were very happy about it. I've still got a voicemail on my phone. It's quite funny. Yeah, uh, sure. I've got a couple e- emails that I have of rejection. That <laughs> they're still like saved in my inbox, yeah. but I'm like, I don't want to do I got the voicemail yet. just because I was like, I think it's a real, like, just mm. cool. Just every now and again, like, cool, WWE called me. That's <laughs> cool, innit? But, uh, uh yeah, just like going, going there and I didn't know I was signing. Like, I didn't know anything. They brought me to their office and I was like, okay, here's the deal. We want to sign you full time. And I didn't know what that meant. Like, I don't, I've never dealt with, I've never seen a contract before in my entire life. Like, so it was there and I like had to read it myself. And like, I'm dyslexic as well. So like every single word was being jumbled up. But I was kind of like, it takes a lot for me to trust somebody as well. And, but I just, I trust these guys. I don't think they would ever do me wrong. So I was just, I've read it. As you, best as I could. No sign on that day. And you know the Japanese culture. Like, they're... Uh, no, I don't. Too, do you not know? No, I mean, I, they're too... They're su- I'm saying now. Now I do, but they're the sweet. It's, they're, they're just kind... I don't think there's any dickheads here. Well, maybe... I, I had one, dick, one dickhead in my entire life here. Yeah. Like, but... Yeah, I I love this place. I, I don't think I could be anywhere else. Because, like, I think that's the thing. Like, when you... When I first came here... Like I in my head, I was like, I'm, I'm, I think this is the platform I need to get to WWE. Cause in my head, I'm like, WWE is the place to go. WWE is all I need to be like to be a star and to have that fulfillment. I need to be in WWE. And then I had my first match here and I went, I never want to go there. Mm-hmm. And I subconsciously, I think it was when I watched Marafuji and Okada and Marafuji was like a huge deal for me. Like seeing him live, I was like, God, that's Marafuji. And you can look at Okada now and you can. You know, I do, and I'm yeah. like, "Fuck, that's a star, yeah, right?" That's the biggest guy, probably in the like the big star, and maybe I'm not the 
Not a world of wrestling. I mean, Maybe he looks like a, like, I know, like, you look at WWE and you're like, oh my God, Triple H, The Rock, or whatever. That's a star. But, like, the, the way same he way. Himself, like, What's that? The way he yeah, or himself. presented or promoted. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't, don't forget that. We're all, we're all just people, right? Yeah. Uh, it's the same thing as like you look at Okada and you look at, at the way that he's presented and promoted and, and I'm just like god damn that there's guy's money like, falling from yeah, the ceiling right. and, and it's like this is what I want yeah. I want money falling and you're working your way there too right like I'm, I'm doing my best yeah yeah so yeah I'm just happy to be here so uh, it's pretty cool oh meme life was cool was meme all the, stemming from Ricochet so you became a thing yeah that, <laughs> whatever Um, I don't know you were a little like it became what's the word polarized a little bit i think everyone just called me the white ricochet like a little bit yeah but a lot of like all of a sudden there was a lot of people for you and or against you like hard right you know what i'm saying yeah yeah like a lot of people were like uh this is wrestling or this isn't right you kind of stemmed almost i want to say a movement like an argument in wrestling or like a a conversation that should be coming up right and to be fair like a lot of really good points were made when that match happened in super juniors a lot of points i did look at and go oh no to be fair they're right and but then i was like no no no, why is this wrong and why is this right and i kind of like to hear everyone's side of it but like me and trev did that match and we just didn't think everything off it was just (laughs) it's just one of our matches that we do yeah but because it was on such a bigger scale and i think because new japan promoted it so much it's just like yeah you're gonna want to watch this match main event of kurikin and it was one of the weirdest things ever. Like, this is awesome chance. Holy shit chance. One more match chance in Kurikin to the point where I was like, I almost didn't like it. I was like, this is not the chance you normally hear. Here. Right. You're used to but, the subtle ch- clapping of the yeah, Japanese. But it was like the idea, though, that like what we did wasn't pro wrestling. And I kind of was like, oh, I, I would beg to differ. I'd like to point out that everything we did, at least we went for something or like, went for like a trademark of what we do and what like this is what ricochet and will osprey would do in my opinion it's mm-hmm. like we're a damn marvel movie and you've like how do you see uh i don't know if this is better like like how do you see your wrestling now like do you- i think it's a lot different like i think i have gone through a lot what back then no no like i just I, as is closing this up i guess it's just like i'd love to look like your envision of wrestling like um yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm always open to interpretation of what like wrestling is, but I just, I think the main thing is, is after getting a ring with guys like Shibata and Tanahashi and Hiromu and so many, like, I this year's has been hectic for me. Like, I've had to go through, like, learning a junior heavyweight style to then being thrown in the deep end with the heavyweights and just, like, having to sink a swim because, like, all the, all the guys left and the right thing that New Japan has always done is when guys have left, there's always guys ready to step up. And mm. They book that so well that uh, I generally have like a wider concept. Like I can do a Lucha Libre match if you want me to. I can do like a British chain wrestling match. But my style is kind of like, I like to do a little bit of a hybrid style. I like to try and show people now that I have uh, put a little bit more mass on my body as well. So I'm trying to strength show. Like I can't do many of the twists I used to do <laughs> as well. Like so, And then I'll say this. We think of how I, I want to know if you if you think about this because I do all the time. Of we look at like I don't know even red right like you look at like oh, wrestling from like the eighties to the nineties and how fast it went and then like mm. nine and then you like nineties early two thousand like red and like red was like blowing people's mind and then like 
now like you know you guys are doing the crazy shit you're doing mm. like how fast it's going and how fast the movements and the spots are right like yeah like we think like okay it can't get topped in that so in 20 years have you thought about tw- in 20 years, like what wrestling's going to be? Uh, uh, 25 years? Until like, so the one thing I'm waiting to see, and I don't know if, I don't think it's possible, but I want to see someone do like a double rotation shooting star press off the top yeah, row. Yeah, that's the next step. But the I think that thing. is the next step. I think like, do you think I could do it? No, I don't think I can. I can barely can make like shooting But star someone presses, will figure it out. But huh? someone will. The because no one's a, a 450 Scorpio doing a 450 was the craziest thing ever in the 80s. Yeah, and like right. Do you remember when Liger, Liger, which is, by the way is still mental, that Liger is the person that invented yeah. the shooting star press, and now he's just like one of your co-workers, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> which is mental. Dude, Tenzan told me today he likes my character, and I was my heart <laughs> melted. I was like, fuck. But that's cool. Fucking like, hell, it's cool. Like Nagata and like yes. guys like Tano would like carry this company to newer heights and like should have the biggest ego of all time but it's the most humble yes, dude ever yeah, yeah guys like okada are like people look at him and go that is the coolest motherfucker of all time we see a different okada yeah, backstage yeah. <laughs> we see this goofball right. and just like but i'm saying the 450 and then someone started doing a six third you know what i'm yeah, saying like someone put another twist on right it. crazy it's yeah. just fucking crazy and the idea someone that, did a moonsault amazing red did a 540 moonsault right. like and so there's going to be next steps. There's going to be steps, but like. I, and I faster action, right? I think there's going to be robots as well. <laughs> like. I, I, DDT will come up with. Oh, it. yeah. It's like a wrestling robot. Like, yeah. I definitely think so. And it's going to be so much better than promos at us. And <laughs> we're all going to suck. And then we're all going to get out of work. And then there's going to be this, this, this like race war between robots and humans in wrestling. They're taking our jobs. Yep. Taking our jobs. <laughs> South Park fan. I like it. Yeah. yeah thank you. Um, all right, bud. Yeah. That's it. Is that it? Are we missing anything? Uh, no. Great. No. That's all good. But yeah. thank you very much for having me. It's Thanks, generally, I generally love having a little chat with you. It was a nice little chat. It was a lovely chat. Mm. And there you have it at Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Will Ospreay on Twitter and Instagram, or you could buy his merch willospreay.bigcartel.com. I saw some posters that were up for sale from the Tokyo Dome. Or, of course, my preferred link, prowrestlingtees.com slash willospreay. And that was before the Tokyo Dome. Him and Hiromu tore it up at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, I'm sure he's going to continue to tear it up more and more. Will Ospreay on the show. Uh, that is the show for this week. Before we get out of here, I do have some plugs and... Upcoming events... All right, the best way that you can support, patreon.com slash Colt Cabana. That is where you can listen to all of these shows ad-free. I always put up new fun stuff. 
I have so much weird stuff that I'll just put on the Patreon, but mainly it's the home of the archives of the art of wrestling. Also, ColtMerch.com, DigitalColt.com, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Colt Cabana, Facebook slash Colt Cabana, ColtWrestling at gmail.com is my very public email. Maybe your promoter won't put me on your upcoming show or convention. I got a YouTube channel. I also have a website, ColtCabana.com. That's where you can find my P.O. Box, and uh, if you send me some stuff in the P.O. Box, I'll probably talk about it on these uh, next five shows coming up. Upcoming, January 24th, 26th, 27th, 30th, and February 1st, Tampa, Nashville, Raleigh, Miami, and Atlanta, and JPW1972.com. Friday, February 7th, Denver, Colorado, Facebook slash Primo's Wrestling. Saturday, February 8th, Rahway, New Jersey, ProWrestlingOnline.com, WrestleProOnline.com. Thursday, February 27th, Winnipeg, Canada, WrestleMax 2. And let's talk WrestleMania weekend in Tampa. Friday and Saturday in the morning and afternoon, I'll be at WrestleCon.com. I'll also be doing their variety show Thursday night, Joey Ryan's penis party Saturday night, and their breakfast and softball game on Sunday. I'm doing a live Art of Wrestling at The Collective Friday at 4, and I'll also be doing Brian Zane's movie watch-along Saturday at 3. Intro music was by the ukulele teacher on YouTube. Outro music by Super Fun Yeah Yeah Rocket Ship. Podcast cover art designed by Jimmy Lee. Photo by James Musselwhite. Thanks to our sponsors, HighSpots.com and the High Spots Network. The VOD service with brand new $5 wrestling starring myself and Marty DeRosa. Of course, all those PWGs, best friends, Egos Amigos. You can also get AMA knee pads, gear, a wrestling mask, even a wrestling ring. OneHourTees.com. They help run ProWrestlingTees.com. I got a store. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Colt Cabana. All right. That is episode number one in the books. I hope you dig it. Please tell people. If uh, people listen, there will be a, a second batch coming out after this batch. But this is just the start. All I ask is you keep subscribed. You tell people to stay subscribed. And I know I said I'd be doing two a month. So I guess I'll let you in on a little secret. Shouldn't be a secret. We'll have another episode next week. So I'll see you next week. Until then, this has been The Art of Wrestling. For Colt Cabana, I'm Colt Cabana. Thanks. I read the Meltzer stuff, not them. That's funny. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought of it with my brain. Uh, You can keep it on there, yeah.